Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Amen. The scripture for our message today, the gospel lesson, specifically the opening verses, John 12, verses 20 through 24. There we go. Dear friends in Christ, you can tell how much people want to see Jesus by all the different places they think they see him. The bark of a tree, in a cloud formation, on their cheese sandwich, right? In the scratches in their fry pan, in a shadow on a wall, and in the bag of Cheetos. Not, not the puffy kind, the, the thin, crunchy, fried kind. And you realize Jesus predicted that this would be the case. He was speaking about our day and age when he said, the time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. People will tell you, there he is or here he is. Do not go running after them. The fact is we have no biblical description of the appearance, the physical appearance of Jesus. Nor what he'll look like when he returns. Just that he'll be glorious. So will he be like we all imagine? Long hair, a beard, and a robe? Or maybe clean-shaven and a business suit? But we're told in our text today that the Greeks who had arrived in Jerusalem for the festival of Passover asked, we would like to see Jesus. Now we're not told specifically why they wanted to see Jesus. They perhaps had heard about Jesus' miracles. Maybe it was so widespread that people hundreds of miles away had heard about this amazing miracle worker from Nazareth. At the same time, though, these were Greeks who had come to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. They were Greek converts to the Jewish religion. So they must have known the Old Testament scriptures that promised a Messiah who would take away the sins of all people. Now, obviously, they were looking for something much more fulfilling than what they had in their own native land. Philosophers like Plato, who said that this sad world is just a, a, a vague copy of the ideal world that exists somewhere else. Philosophers like the Stoics, who just said, uh, life is meant to be hard and just meant to be born the best you can. Or like the Epicureans who said, well, let's eat, drink, and be merry. Let's live it up because tomorrow you die. And they certainly wanted something better than what they had. And the ancient Greek and Roman gods, gods like Zeus and Athena and so many more, in mythology, these divine beings often appeared more like children than gods. And they'd already found the true God of the Old Testament. And now we know they wanted something more. 
We want to see Jesus. And that really is the question to ask, isn't it? Every one of us knows that there's something missing in life unless you know him. Life isn't what God created it to be without Christ. Maybe you've heard the famous quote by the church father Augustine. He said, Lord, you made us for yourself and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And I'll bet every one of you knows that feeling. Like when you go to the pantry or the refrigerator and you throw the door open and you just stand there because you know you want something but you don't quite know what you want. Maybe you're actually hungry or maybe you're just bored but you just don't quite know what you need. And that is life in this sad world. That's life without Jesus. In fact, it's in Romans chapter 8 that the Lord says, the creation was subjected to frustration and decay because of your sin and my sin and the sin of all people. And that frustration has become so much a part of our everyday life that oftentimes we don't even know what it is that's frustrating us exactly. So we have those times when we wonder why life is so stressful. We honestly wonder, why am I not getting everything that I want? When I wonder, how come my best plans still fall apart? We go through life looking for something that will truly last while at the same time we're terrified at how quickly time passes and how seldom we actually find that thing that we're looking for. But most people can't even inquire like these Greeks did. We would like to see Jesus because they don't even know the question to ask. It's so much part of our fabric of our everyday life. Now, as you heard the text this morning, did it leave a great big question mark in your head? John doesn't tell us about their encounter with Jesus. Did they actually make it to see Jesus? Did they talk about something? What did they want? We're simply told, Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. And then Jesus replied with a picture completely different from what we would expect. He said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Do you understand the, the truth of Jesus' picture? That when you plant a seed of wheat or corn into the ground, it has to basically die and disappear for the new plant to come up? And then it produces many, many more seeds. One single kernel of wheat 
produces a plant that will make maybe five heads of wheat and a total of about 100 more kernels. And corn is even more amazing. One kernel of corn planted produces a stalk with two or three ears on it and perhaps 1,500 to 2,000 more kernels of corn. Jesus said, this is time for the Son of Man to be glorified in this. And we can see that. It's amazing and glorious that right now in 2018, there are 2.3 billion Christians in our world. Almost one-third of the entire population of our planet is Christian. That's the miraculous result of that seed planted. And Jesus' mission was just that, right? To be planted. To die. So that you and I and all those believers for centuries could know this amazing life and confidence that Jesus came to give. And if he hadn't died, we wouldn't be here, right? Living our lives as confident, forgiven people. And Jesus described at the end of our text the amazing power of his death. He says, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. What a beautiful example of that we see in our text. These Greeks from the far shores of the Mediterranean had come to see Jesus. And it was Palm Sunday when they told Philip, we would like to see Jesus. As I said, we're not told if they actually did see Jesus that day. But you realize what they did see? They were there for the Passover. So five days later, they saw Jesus nailed to the cross outside the walls of Jerusalem. They came to celebrate the Passover and they saw the Passover lamb sacrificed. They saw the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures that said, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And then just think about it. If they happen to stay on for a couple more days after Passover, they also heard the news that the Lamb of God who died for the sins of the world now had somehow come back to life. What an amazing, amazing blessing. And what a clear fulfillment of everything Jesus had promised. You realize, this is the very same Jesus that you also have seen. In his word, you saw the amazing miracle of the eternal God come to this earth, become human in the womb of the Virgin Mary. You've actually seen in the Holy Scriptures 
the fulfillment of all of those prophecies, which inspired and created the faith of God's Old Testament people as they waited and watched and hoped for that Messiah who would come? You've seen Jesus, who is the one and only fulfillment of God's plan of salvation promised in the Old Testament and then fulfilled in the New Testament. And you've seen Jesus face all of the frustrations, all of the crushing disappointments, all of the terrifying temptations of life in this sad world and overcome all of them as your substitute. And then you've seen his empty tomb. You've heard him say, your sins are forgiven. Because I live, you too shall live. You've heard his promise. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It was Jesus, through his word, who wiped your tears at the grave of a loved one. It's Jesus who gives you the confidence when Satan attacks you with his accusations and when your world is rocked by disappointments and frustrations, Jesus says to you, peace be with you. That's exactly what everyone is looking for. Whether they know it or not. So what do we take home today? Two things, please. First, we know where we will see Jesus, right? Not in the bag of Cheetos, correct? But in his word and in his holy supper. In that word, you see Jesus lifted up for you on the cross and he invites you to eat and drink for your forgiveness, your confidence, your peace. In fact, you know what he tells us about this Holy Supper? He says, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And his death is your life in this frustrating world. And then secondly, of course, do you know someone among your friends, your relatives, your co-workers who's questioning and seeking? Perhaps without even knowing what they're looking for or what question to answer, what, what question to ask? What a perfect time is coming up. Holy Week and Easter, just two weeks from now. What a perfect time to see Jesus lifted up. What a perfect time for you to imitate Philip and Andrew and bring those people to see Jesus. Ask our evangelism committee. Grab one of these great little invitation cards. So simple, 
what a beautiful way to bring them to see Jesus and then trust his promise. It's so clear, it couldn't be clearer. He said, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. That's exactly where all people, where you and I and everyone should see Jesus and do see him. Amen.